It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back in third and final hour of the program here on Thursday morning. And right now it is time for us to be joined by Dr. John Podkawa. We're going to talk about the upcoming Nicole Podkawa 5K that's happening Sunday. Uh, you can still take part if you go to southcoasthealth.org. You can sign up, whether it be to run or walk in the 5K or just to make a donation and to support what's going on. And we're going to talk with the doctor about exactly what all the money that is raised goes for and how this helps families here locally. So let's welcome the doctor on the air. Good morning, Dr. Podkawa. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Doing all right. Thanks for joining us and and for helping us learn some more about this event. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people, they look at 5Ks and events like this, and they think to themselves that they they know that it goes to a great cause, but they don't realize just exactly how many ways you can help and take part, even if you're not a, a runner or even a walker. You're absolutely right. Um, thank you very much for uh, allowing me to come on the show and share with your audience uh, some you know some some information on this on this particular race. Um, Nicole Pacoa was actually my wife. Um, she was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was 37, and she received, as as you know, thousands of patients in this area do, the most remarkable care, compassionate, competent, um, it, at our South Coast Centers for Cancer Care in Fairhaven and and in Fall River. Uh, my wife unfortunately passed away, like many women do, of breast cancer. She was 42, and in memory of her and support her kind of like legacy of of, of supporting patients with cancer and women with breast cancer and families affected by cancer, South Coast and my family created this, um, this race and to, to fund what's called the Patient Caregiver Assistance Fund. And this race raises money for um, uh, a fund that, get, that helps families manage all the associated um, things that come with a cancer diagnosis outside of the medical aspects, things like transportation to appointments, counseling for families and for children, makeup, wigs if you need, if you lose your hair, uh, groceries if you're unable to work. Um, you know, cancer diagnosis affects patients, it affects their families, it affects their children. And as part of taking care of the entire patient and their family, the South Coast Centers for Cancer Care kind of, you know, utilize every resource they have available to really kind of envelop and, and, and take care of these patients. And that's what this fund uh, helps raise monies for. Um, so it's, it's a, you know, we know there's lots of great causes out there and lots of ways you can spend your weekends. But this weekend, this Sunday, uh, if you choose, you know, and, and to come, there's over 650 people who have already signed up for the day. It's our biggest race yet. That's what that's what the point of and the goal of this is. It's to support an amazing, you know, amazing centers taking care of amazing people and, and memory of an amazing woman. 
And, and I think so many of our lives have been touched by cancer. Clearly, obviously, yours so much so. But uh, I think everybody knows someone who has gone through it, uh, you know, some who have been fortunate enough to come out on the other side of it, others who weren't so lucky. But also what they re will remember is what that experience was like for that person and for their loved ones around them to go through. And I think that that's, you know, that's the spirit of what people should be remembering here, not only when they, when they take part in the race itself, but when they make a donation. When you are absolutely right. When my wife was first diagnosed and we went, you know, to the doctor, the, 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 one of the things they said as part of just, the, you know, kind of processing it all is like, no one does this alone. Um, and that couldn't be truer. And, you know, and that's this community. We were new here. We didn't know many people and people just, you know, supported my wife, us the doctors, the nurses, everyone, and we are incredibly indebted to the communities that supported us. And I will say um, that these, the South Coast community is, is, is remarkable for how, how well we care for one another. And cancer affects, you're right, thousands of patients and families and almost everyone we know. And the reality is we're, we all have to be there for one another. And this race is one small way that we do that for um, a disease until it, you know, God bless, is one day eradicated, which we'll keep fighting for. Um, affects all of us. And so this is a small way to contribute back to all the people that helped my wife and I and our family um, to support this cause. So the the race itself is this, this Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, it happens at the South Coast Health Facility here in Fairhaven. Can you can you kind of give people an idea of what they can expect if they if they take part? Where will they be running or walking as, as part of this? Yeah, so it's uh, the race. Uh, the past two years, it's at the South. It starts and ends at the, the South Coast Center for Cancer Care's campus um, in Fairhaven, which is a beautiful kind of you know, facility. Um, the weather looks like it's going to be great. You know, people get there early. Race time is 9 a.m., but there's kind of mingling before and just lots of positive people, you know, kind of just sharing, like just kind of catching up, which is great. Um, the race is a the term race loosely, yeah, it's certainly for people who want to run, run, but there are people who walk, there are people who do it in teams, there are people who, who are just there to support and cheer on loved ones. Um, and so it's, uh, it's really a celebration of people um, and community, um, and, and anyone who's participated in races, they know there's just a nice positive vibe about it. It runs, it goes out, a nice flat course out of the Cancer Center, up into Mill Street, and then in, in Bridge Street, up and back, shade it with trees. Um, it's a it's a really mild course, filled with tons of support and resources. Um, so, and this year we're having a kids race, so kids are getting involved. Uh, we're trying to bring you know and make it a really fun family event and kind of a memorable day, you know, because we know people have lots of things to do. So we want to make it we want to make it memorable. And this year, like I said, this year, 650 people have already signed up, so it should be it should be something. And it's going to be a beautiful day. It should be a perfect day for, for this event. But also, if people can't come down to the event, they can still make a donation and still make an impact. That's, that's right. You know, COVID threw a lot of curves, but one of the, you know, and, and a lot of kind of, you know, tough things came out of it, but a lot of positives. And when we adapted and we started doing virtual runs for people who couldn't, when we, when we weren't racing in person, and that really caught on. And now um, people run almost all across the country in different states kind of supporting this race. So if you can't be in person, we understand that. You can sign up and do a virtual run, and you can race up on the same day. You can do your race at your own time, but you can definitely participate in, in, in this event uh, on, your own, on, on your own terms, which is, which is a nice compliment to the, to the people who, who can be there in person. And the other thing I want to mention is that you can also, 
If you're not a racer or a walker, but you you know want to contribute, you can also donate directly to the fund. You don't have to race or run. You can you can you can contribute directly to the fund. Excellent. They can do that right on the SouthCoastHealth.org website, right? Correct. And uh, we'll be down there on Sunday. We'll be broadcasting live. I, I have already told people, you know, if they want to come and walk with me, I'll be walking it. And we, I will be moving very slowly so that uh, they don't have to worry about whether or not they can keep up with me. And, in fact, I've told everybody, feel free to pass by me if you need to. So, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see you there. And, and we really appreciate the opportunity to, to, to talk about it this morning. Absolutely. I will look forward to seeing you there and, uh, and I'll make sure I say hi and come on by and uh, we'll make sure that uh, everybody gets the word so that next year will be even bigger than the biggest year this year. All right. Great. All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Podkawa. See you on Sunday. See you on race day. Bye. That is Dr. John Podkawa of South Coast Health. Again, the Nicole Podkawa 5K happening this Sunday, 9 a.m. If you want to sign up, make a donation. If you want to support you know, my campaign to raise funds, whatever it is that you want to do to take part in this, you can do it all through southcoasthealth.org. And when you go there, you'll see all the information for it. Uh, now let's go back into your phone calls as promised, 508-996-0500. We have somebody who's been patiently waiting here. So let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning. How are you? Uh, that rested on the bridge that was Myrtle's Turtle. Myrtle's Turtle. And they used to have the peanuts. You could throw the shells on the floor and they had old, old movies running. Uh, in the dining room. And before that, that was the Bridge Diner, which the area is now is Dunkin' Donuts on the bridge. Okay, so it's so, yeah, where Dunkin' is and, yeah. uh, and uh, Purchase Street Records? Yeah, it was the Bridge Diner, then they tore it down, and uh, George Lucas used to own the Bridge Diner, and he bought the Green Diner on Rockdale Avenue. Not, not the same George Lucas that made Star Wars. No, <laughs> no, he was saying this as meat pies. <laughs> well, I'll, so you said Myrtle's turtle. Some people are saying ground round. Was did that, did well, that later was, become yeah, the ground round? I don't think because uh, my mother-in-law passed away, and we went there for after her funeral, and it was Myrtle's turtle then. Hmm. So it was. Uh, let me see. She, I think, it was nineteen seventy. Me, she seventy six or seventy seven. Okay. That's when it was on the bridge. Okay, you All have right. a good day. Thank you. You as well. Bye-bye. And, uh, yeah, a lot of folks are saying that it was the ground round. I know that there was a ground round on the South Coast. I just don't know where it was because it was gone by the time I moved here. I don't remember there being one here locally. I would go to the ground round in, we went to, like, three different ones. We obviously went to the Braintree one. My family's from Randolph. My dad's parents lived uh, just a, about a mile or so away from, a couple miles away from the Braintree one. So that's in what became the Burlington Plaza. I don't know what else what's in there now. I just drove by it recently, but I don't I didn't look to see what was in there. But we used to go to that one all the time when I was a kid. Kids pay what they weigh. They had the cartoons on the big screen. I still remember all those Bugs Bunny cartoons and the Max Fleischer Superman and Betty Boop and Popeye and all that. And um then we also went to the was there was one in Norwood on Route One, but then on New Year's Eve, my family used to go to, not every year, but for a good number of years, we would go to Boston for the fireworks for first night, and we would go to the ground round that was in the Prudential building. We thought we, were, thought we were fancy going to this ground round. We used to get dressed up and go to the, the Prudential Center to the ground round with a glass overlooking the city, and we would get Shirley Temple's. And then we would walk from the Prudential Center all the way over to the, like the aquarium to watch the fireworks and, uh, and then take the train back 
So it was always fun getting out there and doing that. That that was my ground round experience. And I remember, you know, kids pay what they weigh, penny a pound. And it was a great deal for my dad until I got old enough that it was like, all right, well, now, now it's over a buck. <laughs> it was still a good deal. Uh, but that was also, I don't remember being able to throw peanuts on the floor, peanut shells on the floor at the ground round, but I do remember the free popcorn. You walked in and you, you just eat all the popcorn you wanted. 508-996-0500. Uh, let me catch up on some of the app chat messages. Uh, hold on. You're call Let me put you on hold. Um, let's see. John in Fairhaven says, forget just a segment. I want to hear a whole entire show with just you, Lamone, and the callers. Well, I can tell you that uh, when I had my internet show, that's how I first met Lamone. And when I had that show... There was a night where we would do, uh, like once a month, we would do an after show where the producers would come on and I would talk with the two producers about some behind the scenes stuff. You know, it was kind of like a little extra thing we would do for the audience where we would talk about like where, why this episode happened and where this interview came from and all that kind of stuff. And Lamone called into that. And then there was another guy named, I think it was Juan. He would call in. And he was someone who would go stream of consciousness like Lamone and just kind of spit out a lot of stuff. And then somehow we had them both on the line at the same time. They started talking with me about wrestling. And then the rest of us, you know, myself and the two producers just decided to pull ourselves out of the conversation. And we let Juan and Lamone go on and on for wrestling. And it went on for over an hour. Well, we're just like doing other things and now it's like 3.30 in the morning. We're like, we should just let this wrap up now at this point. But um, they were certainly capable of carrying that show without us. Uh, Jeff in Fall River says, hold on, I got to click on this one because it's a little bit longer. And by the way, getting a lot of messages from people mentioning the ground round. Jeff in Fall River says, good morning, Tim. Old Country Buffet was great. I would never forget the first time I went there. I was about nine years old and walked right into the glass mirror that was up against the kitchen wall thinking the restaurant extended further. Never felt so embarrassed. Do you remember King's Court that was on Route 6? I don't remember King's Court. Um, I, I don't know if that was the same as the York Steakhouse. I remember York Steakhouse, but I never went to the one here locally. I went to the one in Hanover and the one in Brockton because by the time I moved here, York was closed. So 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Tim, it's Gilly. Hey, Gilly. It was the ground round. They even had TVs in the bathroom. Oh, did they? Yeah. That's that. Uh, th did it was you? The ground round. It was the ground round. Did you spend a lot of time watching TV in the bathroom? No, no. <laughs> I always I liked that feature, but I always found myself staying in there too long. Listen, I was too busy eating. I used to eat like a Warsaw warrior. <laughs> All right. No, the ground round. All right. Thank you. And uh, so, yeah, the ground round, penny a pound for kids, pay what they weigh. I remember those days. Uh, don't remember what I used to get. Probably a burger. Back in those days. That's like when chicken fingers first became a thing too. And the the younger kids would go nuts for chicken fingers. Now imagine not having chicken fingers on your menu. But back in those days, it was a, a rare thing to find. Uh, also, DSY in New Bedford uh, sent in an app chat message. And he says, hold on, I'm just clicking on this. He says, do you remember the professor with the white beard that used to dissect frogs? I used to bring the frogs to him from Cedar Dell. I was just a kid. I don't know if I remember that in particular, but if you're talking about Dr. Douglas, who was my biology professor, I do remember him. He had a white beard, 
And he taught nursing biology. I don't know if he taught more than more than that. I'm sure he taught other biology courses too, but I had to take a science class when I was a freshman, the one science I was required to take for my whole four years there. And so I was like, well, what am I going to take? Because science was, I liked science, but I wasn't really great at it. So I was like, what am I going to take? So I was like, I'll take a biology course. I liked biology. And the only one I could fit into my schedule was nursing biology. So I was like, well, I'll take that. And so I was the only person in the course that was not studying nursing. But uh, I think it was Dr. Douglas. He was he was the the professor, uh, and I really enjoyed that course. And I think I did okay in it. But um, I learned a lot, and it was fun being around people who were you know actually invested in that topic and were going to be utilizing that for the rest of their lives. Whereas I'm just like I'm just here to fulfill a requirement. You know, I, I was like uh, I was Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's take another one here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hi. Um, after the ground round, wasn't there a restaurant there that they had a salad bar where they served uh, shrimp with cocktail sauce? You could go up and get shrimp. I don't I remember the name of it. I don't know, but Gilly was saying that somebody was stealing shrimp there when it was the ground round. So. But there was another restaurant. I can't remember the name of it. I thought it was after the ground round, though. I don't know. Someone can call in with some some details on that. I by the time I came here, I think I always remember being a Duncan over there. Okay. So. All right. We'll see what we can Somebody find out knows for you, though. What that is? Yeah. Thanks. All right. Have a good okay, day. Bye. Thanks. You too. And uh, yeah, if you know the the history of that, please uh, let us know. I'm seeing some other app chat messages here that are coming in. I didn't realize that so many of these were coming in. It didn't look like it was refreshing here. Um, Yeah, we got a lot of people chiming in saying it was the ground round. Uh, Dave in New Bedford, me in New Bedford, uh, Joe and Marion, Pat in Dartmouth, Sharon in New Bedford, Salty Dog said Myrtle's Turtle became the ground round. Uh, Bob in... South Dartmouth says there were two ground rounds in the area, one on the Fairhaven Bridge and also in the mall next to the Brazilian Grill Steakhouse. So that's, okay. So there, I thought that's where there was a ground round was in Dartmouth. So that makes sense if there was two. Wow, you had two ground rounds that close? In the words of Napoleon Dynamite, lucky. All right, let's take one more phone call here before we get to take a break. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. It's on your mind. The name of that restaurant was Myrtle's Turtle. And so what what did you get there? What, what what do they have to eat there? Uh you would have to research that, but that was the name. Okay. Thanks. All right, thank you. I don't know if I can research what it is that you ate when you went there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'll find that information. Let's take one more call here before we take a break. You're next on WBSM. Yeah, hi. Back in the nineties, I believe that was a Chinese restaurant called Tofu. They had a buffet and everything. Okay. So was that like was it was it like one of those um, you know Chinese buffets like you see now like what we have now? Um, Absolutely. So same idea. I used, work, I used to work on a bridge and I'd have lunch there. It was like six dollars for lunch. It was great. Yeah, I can't beat that. All right, thank you. Have a good day. Thanks you as well. All right, we are going to take a break here. Keep those phone calls coming in. Keep those app chat messages rolling in. Hey, I'm fine with talking about restaurant memories. We'll be back in just a few moments. <laughs>
great Eddie Money, who the last time I saw Eddie Money perform live, it was at the Seaport Inn in Fairhaven for Rock for Christmas. I got to hang out with Eddie and be there for the rehearsals the night before and all that. I used to do the PR for, for Rock for Christmas, and what a great guy, but I played him because somebody said that in AppChat that the ground round was actually where the Seaport Inn is, and then somebody else said, no, it's where uh, uh, Frontera Mexican Grill is now. And I don't know, it seems the majority of people say it's it's now where Duncan is and uh, Purchase Street Records. And some other folks are trying to remember the name of the restaurant that it became between Myrtle's Turtle and the Ground Round or maybe after. And so they named the Pied Piper or the Bagpiper or Bagpipes. Those are the three <laughs> suggestions that I had, but that it was something along those lines. So the Pied Piper, the Bagpiper, Bagpipes. And that they actually had somebody there that would play the bagpipes while you were eating. So that sounds like a heck of a place. I'm sorry that I missed that. I wonder if they had haggis on the menu. And if they did, how many people actually tried it? So there's a lot of memories coming in. Uh, Jessica says there were three different ground rounds. One in Fairhaven, one in Dartmouth, and one in the Taunton Mall. So I, I think I might have gone to the one in the Taunton Mall in the Silver City Galleria. I think I might have gone to that one before too. Uh, but there was, I remember over here where Frontera is now, that was a, a Uno's because we went there one time. My ex-wife and I went there one time when we were dating, but then for the most part, we went to the one in Kingston. There was a particular server there that we liked, so we would go there, you know, probably a couple times a month because in those days, we didn't really have, you know, a lot of options when, when we could get together of where to go because we both worked so much. We would get together late, so it's like, okay, what's still open? And that was one of the places that we would go to. And I never really got the pizza for a place that was known for its deep dish pizza. I always got something different. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Hi. Thank you, people. It was the bagpiper. The bagpiper? That was the name <laughs> yes, of it? it was. That was the name of it. Did they have haggis on the menu? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I never <laughs> saw that. You know what haggis is, right? It's like sheep intestine, no. isn't it? Sheep oh, stomach? Geez. I never heard of that. Oh yeah, it's a Scottish dish. And I think you had to pay more if you wanted the shrimp bar. Oh yeah, that makes extra, sense. Yeah. yeah, a little upgrade there for the shrimp. Yeah, but it was good. All right. All right. Well, I'm glad we could uh, solve that mystery. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care. And uh, yeah, that is um, that is something that uh, some of those buffets used to have. There was a place. I don't know if you had any around here, but I remember there was one in. Dorchester, and I think there was also one in Stoughton. Yeah, Stoughton and Dorchester. There was a place called Linda Mays, and that was a place that we would go to like for Easter 
like kind of a, I don't know if it was a fancy place at all. The, certainly the one in Dorchester was fancier than the one in, in uh, Stoughton. But it was called Linda Mays, L-I-N-D-A, and then M-A-E, I believe. And it was one of the first places that I'd ever had a buffet at. I don't even know if they had things on the menu, like a regular menu. I just remember going in, they had a buffet. I think the first buffet I ever went to was York Steakhouse in Brockton at the Westgate Mall. Because we used to go there and, you know, there was, there was kind of like you kind of like cafeteria style. You walked down with your tray and you said, I'm going to have the steak tips and they'd give you the steak tip plate. And then you would get your baked potato and your vegetable if you wanted one and your dessert if you wanted one. And then you went and you paid at the, the register. And then one time we walked in and my dad's like, they have this new thing called a salad bar. And we're going to get that. And there's some other things on there and you can try that. So that was the first time I ever had one. And then, of course, Ponderosa had it. And then next thing you know, there's restaurants that are just buffets. And when you've got seven people in your family, five kids, and nobody can agree on what to get, well, a buffet is a good place to go because everybody can get a little something. Because my dad was that guy. You've probably seen them on TV. They always have the dad characters. I remember the Goldbergs specifically had an episode where they went out to eat. And I was like, this is my family all over again. Because if you went to a restaurant and you ordered, like, spaghetti, my dad would be like, spaghetti? If I made spaghetti at home, you would have complained. You wouldn't have eaten it. But you come out to a restaurant and get spaghetti, that's what you're going to get. So, and Murray Goldberg said pretty much the exact same thing um, in that episode. I just was cracking up and had to text my dad about it. But the the family idea is, yeah, yeah, not everybody can agree on what to get. So you go to the buffet, everybody can have a little something. In fact, that's why we would frequently go to Wendy's and get the Super Bar. People don't remember the Super Bar, but it was revolutionary at the time. Because what? All you can eat at a fast food restaurant? And it was a smart move on their part because it was made up mostly of old stuff like leftover from the day before. Leftover hamburgers? Well, that becomes chili and ground up meat for tacos. Uh, leftover hamburger buns? Well, grill those up with a little garlic. We're going to cut them into strips and call it garlic bread to go with the Italian section of the Super Bar. It was just, uh, it was genius. Anyway, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Yes. Do you go far back where you're talking the ground round on the bridge used to be the bridge diner and where Ace Hardware became uh, was built? That was all ocean that came right up to the base of the bridge diner. Then that was filled in. And when it was filled in, then you had the development of ground round and the other places. Mm, no, that's, that's before my time. So the bridge diner was was it like a was it like a stainless steel diner, like an O'Mahony or? Yeah, and it was well done, uh, but it wasn't a typical diner. It wasn't a stainless steel uh, Charmet diner or the Orchid diner. It was they did it out of cement block and and stucco and covered it, and you had windows overlooking. I mean, you were on the water right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That was great. Well, I'm sorry I missed out on that. Yeah. All right. Thank long you for the time. call. Oh, what? Sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, a long time ago. What was your favorite thing to get there? Um, I can remember it was, um, what do you call it? Same thing at the Arcade Diner. Sausage links, mashed potatoes, peas, and applesauce. Oh, that sounds pretty good. It's kind of like the American version of bangers and mash. That's right. Yeah. And 
used to be big at the Orchid and the Charmet and the uh, Bridge Diner. Absolutely. All right. Well, we used to make it at Mill Pond, too, so. Okay. Back in my days That's of working there. One further back, all the way back, and that the, the ground round was where the water was. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thank you for the info. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye now. And um, we got a message because I had asked Gilly when he had mentioned this place if it was where Fathoms is now. And I, we got a message from somebody pointing out that Fathoms used to be the old WBSM. And that's true. That was WBSM's original building. And we actually have a story at WBSM.com and on the app where we have some photos of what WBSM looked like back in those days. So you can find out some more information. You can find out about how it all came together. Uh, we put that out there a couple of weeks ago, but if you Google WBSM Fathoms, uh, you'll you'll find the story that we wrote, and then you can see some of those photos for yourself. I was showing them to Jim Phillips, who actually worked at that building for a while, and uh, and he was explaining to me even more in depth where everything was. You know, they they had a piano in the main studio. Imagine we couldn't we couldn't have a piano in here now. I guess maybe we could have an upright over where the couch is, but they had a grand piano in the studio because they would bring in musical groups and bands and they would just play right there in the studio. And they had a second studio. And then they had a newsroom in between. I mean, it was a fascinating... I, there's an article that I linked to in that story that actually has the original blueprints of what the space looked like. And they, they had a lot of space over there. And in fact, you've still got everything over there from when WBSM was over there, but that's not where we are anymore. Now we're over here in the corner between the 99 and I like to tell people we're located right between the 99 and the dirty video store. And when I say that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. So it, it works. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Yes, I, good morning, Tim. I just The address for that ground round, well, excuse me, ground round in Fairhaven was 110 Middle Street. It was right where the hotel is on that side of the Fairhaven side where the bridge is. Okay, so, it's, so where the Seaport Inn is now? Yes, 110 Middle Street. I just Googled it, actually. And the other thing I was wondering, is anybody remembers Lum's Restaurant next door to Macedo's Pharmacy in the South End? Um, the restaurant was completely red glass, from what I remember. The whole building pretty much looked like dark glass, reddish colored. It was basically they had a big bar in the middle, hamburgers, fries, and that Macedo's Pharmacy to the left of that. Oh, God, my dad used to take me in there. When I was a kid, every Saturday, and they had a big turnstile with like 150 matchbox cars in it and like a glass case. And that was like the Saturday morning treat because you would get the matchbox car in a cardboard box. And every Saturday morning after breakfast, we'd go over there and I'd get a matchbox car. And, um, yeah, great great memories in the South End over there at that time, Lums I, and Macedo. I miss the days when restaurants had toys in them that you could get. Like when I used to go into Bickford's and they had that little toy section behind the, the register. Yeah, you, you had to turn the big glass case, and you had to tell the guy behind the counter what number matchbox you wanted. And then he would go down below and take it out, and it would come in this cardboard box. It was such a big deal as a kid to get one of those, uh, you know, aside from the packaging they come in today. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Macedo's was great. That was a busy farm. That was like the CBS of today, back in its day when that was open. It was, it was cranking every day over there. Wow. So. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for the <laughs> have call. Have a good day. You have a good one. And I'll, I'll never forget, too, talking about old restaurants from the area. When I, we were talking about this one day on the air, or maybe Phil was talking about somebody was talking about it on the air. And I somebody brought up Phillips Chicken Farm. And 
Jim Phillips. And I had no idea that Jim Phillips' family were chicken farmers and, and, and owned a chicken restaurant until that conversation. And I had known Jim for years at that point. And then I asked him about it and he was telling me all about the chicken process. And I was fascinated by it. I was like, oh my gosh, I had no idea. This is like a whole other side of you, Jim, that I didn't know anything about. And he's like, well, well, that's just what the family business was. So, um, yeah, so that's another place that I know people have fond, warm memories of. Right now, I've got to take a break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk more with you. 508-996-0500 or keep sending in those app chat messages. We'll be right back. All right, all this restaurant talk is making me hungry. We're going to get right back to it. Callers, hang on. The phone lines are lit up, and we're going to try and get everybody in before the end of the hour. But all this restaurant talk is making me hungry, but I'm hungry for some meat because I'm hearing about all of these great dishes that people used to have, and I'm going to go to the butcher shop later and get myself some meat. In fact, I'd like to think I can hold off for dinner, but I'm probably going to have to shoot over there and get some lunch, some of that delicious hot food that they make every day. Ah, what's a good thing to get today? How about some casserole, right? Or maybe maybe they've got some uh, maybe they got some other stuff going today. I know usually on Fridays you can get, you can get rabbit. If that's something that you're into, you can get that. Um, they have goat sometimes, too. Uh, but I'm going to head on over there, I think, and get some nice hot lunch and maybe a little rice pudding for dessert, right? Why not? And But you can go over there and not only get some of that hot food, but you can get some of their delicious meats that they have ready for you. Things like celebrity pork chops, terrace major, sirloins. Their homemade sausage that they make right there at the butcher shop. You can get your codfish. You can get your uh, your lobsters in the tank. Lobsters that are huge, bigger than you'll find in the supermarkets, that's for sure. And, of course, their giant chicken wings. They have marinated steak ready to go. So if you want to have some nice steak tips tonight, you can get them already marinated. You don't have to spend that extra time waiting. They've got it all for you at the butcher shop. Go on down to the basement. Walk around, see all the great wines and beer selection that they have. I say it all the time, but everything from a $5 bottle of wine to a $500 bottle of wine. I'm not kidding. They even have a $600 bottle of wine down there. So if you really want to impress somebody, that's the place to go. But if you also want to just have some delicious wine to go with your meal, you can go down there and get something great without breaking the bank, too. Stop, in, stop into their cheese fridge, too, and grab some of those delicious cheeses. I love cheese, but also I know that, like... There's a lot of cheese I've never even tried. So I'm going to be going to the butcher shop and getting some of those ones I've never even tasted before and giving them a sample. Because if they don't have it, like Eric says, just ask them. They'll get it for you. That's the commitment to service they have at the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Stop by, tell them you heard about it on WBSM, and tell them that you want to try something really good. And Eric will make a fantastic recommendation for you. All right, our number here, 508-996-0500. Let's jump right back into the calls. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Lums in the South End. Lums, got, I owned it at one point in the early 70s. Used to specialize in draft beer and hot dogs, German hot dogs. Oh. It also had uh, hamburgers in a basket with fries and frosted mugs with beer. That was their specialty. It became and was sold to Dr. Torman Chiropractic for about 30 years, and it is now the exact property where Taco Bell is in the South End. Oh, okay. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have any of those Matchbox cars left over? Because they're probably worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> My kids had lots of them. I can imagine, yeah. Well, that, that's great. I mean, I would, uh, I'd love a nice frosty mug of beer and some German hot dogs. 
That was the specialty. The other one was right on Hathaway Road where the new gas station is now where Riccardi's, uh, uh sandwich shop was and gasoline. That was the other lumps in this area. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to, to call in and share some of that with us. Okay, have fun. Take it easy. And uh yeah, nice nice German hot dogs. Those, you know what I'm talking about like they're they they're not like the American one. American hot dogs are pretty good too. But the German ones have less of that bologna taste to them. You know, they they're more like a sausage and having that with some sauerkraut, fantastic. All right, let's uh, squeeze in another quick call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey Tim, how you doing today? Good. How are you? Good, good. I'm going to go over the lineup that was over on the bridge, as I remember it. Okay. Now, there was the Bridge Diner. My grandfather used to take me there all the time when I was a little kid. Then in the early to mid-70s, it became Myrtle's Turtle, which was owned by Mike Panagakis, who at the time owned almost all the Dunkin' Donuts and Howdy's Beef and Burgers in the area. Mm -hmm. And Kudo and Mulligan played there every Thursday or Friday night. They were huge there at the time. After Myrtle's closed down, it went to Ground Round. Now, when Ground Round opened in Dartmouth, it changed over. I'm not sure if it changed to the bagpiper then or the tofu. It was both those places at the time. And then years later, it turned into the Dunkin' Donuts and uh, the record shop now. Okay, you, well, that, that makes you, sense. And if you go online and you look up the Bridge Diner, there's someone trying to sell a postcard of it. So you'll be able to see a picture of it. Oh, okay. Exactly where it was. Well, you know what? It sounds like this might be something I'm going to research for an article for WBSM.com. So. Yeah, that would be cool. It really would. All right. Well, I thank you for the information. All right, buddy. You have a great day. You Love as well. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Well, we are going to take a break here, our final break of the morning. We'll be back in just a few moments. All right. Now we're getting all kinds of app chat reminiscing about Lums. Uh, someone says there was also the Lums on Hathaway Road is where the gas station is in front of the old Cinema 140. I love Cinema 140. It was so dark there, and like you, you saw the movies there that like you weren't always sure you wanted people to see you going in to see. Um, also, uh, Sharon in New Bedford says I went to Lums all the time for lunch. I worked at Hemingway Transport, which was a hop skip and a wave through the bank lot next door. For, uh, Lums was great, um, and then App Allen Somerset mentions the the person that was buried alive behind the old WBSM. Was that was that cousin Dave that did that? I'm not sure. We'll have to ask Barry or Jim. One of them knows. Um, but I've heard them talking about it before. But yeah, back in the days when they used to do radio stunts. If somebody came to Chris McCarthy or I and said, hey, well one of you guys get buried alive for a radio stunt, I don't <laughs> Yeah. Chris has already done been there, done that. Um but uh, I don't know that I would I would do that. I, I would probably do the sleeping on the billboard stunt that they used to do but that's only if they agreed to give us a billboard like i want to see the wbsm lineup overlooking 195 and then i'll sleep up there for a night all right that's going to do it for me for today stay tuned you've got south coast now coming up chris is here he's ready to talk with you and uh, i will be back tomorrow morning we will have new bedford city councilor the city council president linda morad joining